All right, so you guys who like to take notes and outline things, simple outline this morning, we're going to be looking at the Word of God, the churches of God, and then we're going to look at the hope and the joys and the glories from God. Does that sound like some pretty good stuff? That's what we have in just a few verses set here before us this morning. So we're going to be taking a look today at the blueprint that God's given us for our glory and joy and so much more as we look into this this morning. So let's take a look. Uh, actually, I want to preach for a moment. Um, I'm going back. Don't even look because this is going to, we're going to get to why the Word of God is good and how it effectively works in us. But we need to grasp, and this has really been my prayer for us as the church, that we get to share Okay, what we have isn't just for us. Okay, we are very blessed, but those blessings are not for us. We get to share our Lord and our Savior with the world, the good news. That's what we get to do. Let's open up real quick to 2 Corinthians. We'll come back to 1 Thessalonians in a second. But our ambassadorship to... Uh, the Ministry of Reconciliation. You guys know that we have been called as ambassadors of the good news to this world. That is our calling, guys. I want to read with you guys here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in regards to the gospel, what we get to share the good news with the world. Look at verse, uh, we'll pick it up in verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so if you are a believer, if you've put your faith in Christ Jesus, you are born again, and the Bible says you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us. This is our ministry. This is how we get to serve our God. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what is that big word? What does that mean? Well, there's a whole lot of reconciling that needs to take place between mankind, humankind, and their creator, their maker, God of heaven and of earth. Because there's a whole lot of sin problem in the world. Am I the only one seeing sin problem today? Do you guys see some wickedness, some evil going? Yeah, a whole lot of it. And sin separates us from God. But God, through His Son Jesus, God became a man. And He died in our place. Man could not reconcile themselves to God. This is Christianity, guys. God is Savior. He did what you and I couldn't do. We place so much hope in what we can accomplish if we just do things rightly or have the right people in place or adhere to a right type of government, then we'll be good to go. We can finally be right with God. None of that stuff can save us. If you believe any of that stuff, guess what? You're believing a false gospel. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ is what? God alone is Savior. He did what man couldn't do. You think about the billions of people who've lived throughout history and how we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Even the best of us have fallen short. 
And this is where Christianity is set apart from every other religion in the world. This is our hope. This is what we get to share with the world, guys, is God has done what we couldn't do. And that's why our hope is sure. That's why his promises are sure. And don't you guys just love resting upon the finished work of Jesus Christ? Because let me tell you what, if you don't believe the Bible, you're placing your hope in what? In ourselves. And we, we're not going to do it. We're going to fail every time. And that's what religion does. And God doesn't want us to play religion. He doesn't want us to be legalistic. Well, if I just do this, then I'll be good to go because we can't do it. That's what the Bible teaches us. We can't. And every religion in the world says you can do it except for one. And it's Jesus Christ, guys. Period. So, we have this ministry this is what we get to partake in. This is what we are called to do as Christians. This is how we serve, is we are a part of this ministry of reconciliation. And then it goes on to tell us in verse 19, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, as committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. And though, as though God was pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I implore you. We have visitors here. <laughs> I don't know where you are with God. I don't know if you're here this morning hoping to do something good for God, thinking that going to church is going to save you or make you right in his eyes. It's only Christ Jesus that can make any of us right in the eyes of God. And the question is, have you put your faith in him? Are you in him? And I beseech you, <laughs> believe on Christ Jesus. Be reconciled to him. Put your faith in him. And let me tell you what, when you do, you enter into this work, this ministry. We get to be a part of God's business, the family business. So I think about the ambassador role that we have okay we're ambassadors of what <laughs> of heaven okay our citizenship is in heaven we're just passing through here we are here to represent him okay and what does our king have to say and that's one thing that i love about the word of god because it's not well i think or i have opinions or this probably would be best but no, God has spoken clearly to us through his word. And for you guys who are new here, we're going to get into why the word of God is so important, especially for the church, because that's where Paul is taking us this morning in this letter. But we here at Freedom Fellowship, we believe that all of the Bible, all 66 books, the whole Old Testament and the New Testament is plenary. It is full. It is complete okay, that the word of God is verbally, it's been inspired. Every single word in this book that you guys are holding is inspired by God or God breathed. It's inerrant. It doesn't have any mistakes. It's not possible to have any mistakes, okay? We can hold to it. In the original writings, we can study, and it is from the Lord. It's the supreme and final authority for our lives, okay? It is truth. And if you've come to this church thinking, oh, you know, glad they're a Bible church and they have 
some opinions. Guys, it doesn't matter what our opinions are. If they don't line up with what God's declared, then we have a problem. Because he is absolutely right every single time. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? And the truth's going to set us free. Freedom Fellowship is the truth of God's word. That is it. And that's what we get to bring to the world. You know? Our family, I don't know if you guys went through this when your kids were 7, 10, or 12. What would you do if you had a million dollars? Ever play that game as a family? What would you do with that much cash, you know? And it's so fun because it comes back around to eternal things. Well, we could support how many missionaries going out there and sharing the gospel with people who've never heard, you know? And my wife's just like, no, I'd put it all into Bible translation because people need the word of God in their language so they can hear the gospel, you know, so we have a little debates on how it would be best to use. But the reality is, guys, it all comes back to people hearing and knowing the Word of God. That's what they need more than anything. That's what we need. We see a nation divided right now, okay? And let me tell you what, a house that is divided cannot stand. And we have a hope, like each one of us. If you don't believe this, you've totally missed our hope that we have in God. Because I believe... And I believe the Bible teaches clearly that our hope in this world is the light who came into the world. Even though the world's dark, okay, there's a light that has come, not to condemn the world, but to save the world, and to save the world from itself. And that is Jesus Christ, and it is him whom we preach. So people need to hear that good news. And my heart breaks, guys. There are many in this world that never even heard of jesus christ do you know that's a reality we sit here and we were just talking last night look at how many bibles we have on our shelves we are so spoiled just to have this do you guys know that we are most blessed we have the word of god abundantly and yet there are many in this world that have never even heard of jesus so there's my preaching let's get into the first thessalonians Let's take a look here. Uh, I'm going to throw this up on line for you guys so you can see at home too. We're going to be considering the Word of God, and I love verse 13. You guys hear me pray this scripture so many times. It says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in those who believe. So these people in Thessalonica had an appetite because they received the word of God and they welcomed the word of God. So when it talks here, guys, about receiving and welcoming it, okay, they had an appetite for the word of God. Okay, and that's the first question I would ask you this morning. Do you have a desire to hear the word of God? Is that your desire? Or are you more concerned about what I have to say this morning? Or are you more concerned about what maybe is happening on Facebook right now? Where's your appetite? I hope it's for the word of God. And how do we know where our appetite really is? 
Didn't Jesus say that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak? Is the word of God constantly on your lips or not? Okay? Well, that's a little judgmental. That's a little harsh. No, that's what Jesus said. If you have a problem, you have a problem with what he's declared. He's our God. He's formed us. He's created us. And he said, hey, your mouth's going to speak what's in your heart. What is in your heart? Are you speaking the word of God? Or are you talking about other things? Not that other things are bad, but if that's all we're talking about, we've got to really ask, do I really have an appetite for the word of God? Am I hungry for it? They welcomed it. They put it to work immediately. And isn't it cool, guys, that it works in you? The word of God works in you as a Christian. That's why we take the word of God so seriously here at Freedom Fellowship. It effectively works in us. So, yes. Can you take the word of God into other things also? Like, oh, in every aspect of life. Right. That's the whole point, especially as a believer. Even on faith, yeah. Yeah. And that's where hopefully we're sharing those things as believers. Because yeah, abundance of the heart's going to speak. And that's a great test. Look at your Facebook wall. Yeah. What's on there? Are you exalting Jesus Christ? Are you speaking the word of God? Are you bringing light to the darkness? And that's what happens, and that should be a natural overflow, guys, in this world. Because we're not called to go and have little holy huddles, okay? I, I personally don't even like this church concept, okay? It's good for us to be in fellowship, okay, to do what we're doing this morning. But the church, again, we've been called to the ministry of reconciliation. Would you raise your hand if you're an unbeliever here this morning? Oh boy, aren't we called to go make disciples? <laughs> okay, if this is all we do in our Christianity, is this, if this is the only part where the Word of God is involved in our lives, we got a problem going on, wouldn't you guys agree? And that, Brian, where the Word of God has to infiltrate every single part of our lives. And that's why it's so cool, because it works in our lives, guys. It's working in you and I. So to receive it, think about this. To receive, you need to have an ear to hear, right? Okay? How many of you guys, when you got saved, you had heard the Word of God, maybe even grew up going to church, or maybe even in a private Christian school, you were taught the Bible, but you weren't saved. You heard the stories, didn't really make a whole lot of sense. You knew them, but then you get saved. You're like, wow, I'm hearing things in a new way like I never have before. What's going on? Well, you're born again in the Spirit. And now you have spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. What His Word is declared. Because we we're told that His Word is Spirit. And they also welcomed it where? Into their hearts. So it's one thing to hear, but do you take it and allow it, welcome it into your heart? Because some of us, we hear the Word of God. Let's be honest, how many of us don't like some of the things that God's declared in His Word? He's like, well, that's a rough one. (laughs) That sounds really hard, you know, because I think this would be a little better or in my situation would work out a lot better. But ultimately, I know you're right. And that's where we make the choice of not just hearing, but then welcoming. You know what? Even though it's maybe hard to hear, that truth may be a little heavy right now. where I'm at. Maybe I don't feel mature enough to step into that yet. We want a welcoming heart to what God has in all things, don't we? And that's why we have to be in a place, guys, where we're ready to hear 
in our hearts are always welcoming the word of God. So I want us to first recognize that God delivers his word through ordinary men. Okay, Was the Apostle Paul the greatest man who ever lived? No. He actually hated Christians. He hated Jesus. He persecuted the church. He had them thrown in prison. He was having Christians be killed. He hated the gospel. Really? He was a sinful dude. He actually said that he was the chief of all sinners. The chief, the worst. Ordinary men were moved by God, the Holy Spirit. In these words, they're inspired. They are from God, and they've been given to us in ways we can understand. I think about the Word of God. Isn't that cool? That's on fire. Can you guys see? Ah, we can see it online too. I've been hanging out with Jeremiah the prophet. How many of you guys have read Jeremiah? Man. Jeremiah, he talks about the Word of God being like burning in his bones. Do you guys ever feel that way? That you can't just shut your mouth, you got to share the truth? It's like, hey, you see all this stuff going on. And it's just like, I need to share what God has said because he has the answer, okay? He, he, he has the truth that you're looking for right here because he's right, okay? And Elijah, he heard a small, still voice. God spoke to him. Even though there was whirlwinds and a chariot on fire, a small, still voice, he heard God speak to him. Daniel got to have visions and dreams at night, Moses, you guys ever think about Moses? He actually got to talk with God like face-to-face, like friends. That's what the Bible tells us. That's pretty cool. And sometimes we wonder like, God, why can't you just speak to me? You're speaking to them. They're hearing from you. Why don't you just speak to me? These last days, guys, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. He's given us his word. Well, God, I just want to know. I just want to know what your will is i want to hear from you what should i be doing (laughs) guys i can't pick up this book and not have god speak to me i'm sorry every single time i pick it up god speaks and sometimes i'm asking i'm in a place i'm overwhelmed i'm frustrated i don't know more more times than not i pick up and wherever i'm at whatever i'm doing studying devotions god meets me right there like whoa Sometimes it's just that one first verse I read, like, well, pff, glad you answered that, Lord. <laughs> that's right on, and that's what God does. He speaks to us through his word, and we get to study it. And I don't know about you guys. God has clearly spoken through his word. I want to throw this up. I get a planner every year. Okay, Some of you guys might have the same Christian planner, but last year, this was my prayer for our church family. Lord, help Freedom Fellowship to have a high view of Scripture. That was my prayer for 2019 for our church. All the things that I could be praying for our church family, this is what God put on my heart. Let us have a high view of Scripture. And it's good to have a high view, (laughs) but do we actually believe it? Do we have an appetite for it? Do we welcome it? Because we know that in the last days, guys, we're going to be given over to other things. There's going to be more and more false teachers Okay. Well, where are they going to come? They're going to come into the church and they're going to draw people after themselves. We are told that's going to happen in the last days. 
And we are also told, guys, that people will <clears throat> use the word of God or peddle the word of God for their own agendas and purposes. We're seeing that go on today. And for us, guys, it is important that we <laughs> personally esteem the word of God so much so it's not just lip service like, yeah, we're a Bible church. We give place to it at our church, but no, we actually really have an appetite. We really desire the word of God. Because let me tell you what, there's a lot of good Bible teaching churches that spend more time talking about other stuff than scripture itself. Have you guys been in those Bible churches? I sure have. I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm to a point, my favorite podcasts are ones that really come around and are just teaching the word of God. I don't know about you guys, but we as believers, that's what we're hungry for. So it's one of those things, if we really believe the word of God effectively works in those who believe, what do we want to be putting in? Well, if God says his word does that, <laughs> I want that most of all. That should be my main course. Not that other things are bad, but this needs to be my main course. Okay? And if the sides are your main intake, okay, you're going to start looking goofy after a while. You guys know if you eat too many carrots, if you're just eating carrots all the time, you're going to start looking orange. Okay? That's just not right. That's not normal. Okay? We need the Word of God as our main supplement, our main diet. Amen? Amen. I want to share with you guys um, <clears throat> second... Ooh, fireworks. I don't want fireworks yet. Anyways, the word of God effectively works in those who believe, okay? Amen. That's kind of something to get excited about. What I do want to share with you guys, if you guys look at where the star is up there, this is out of First Peter, or sorry, Second Peter, chapter 1, in verse 20. It says, knowing this first, that no prophecy uh, of Scripture is of any private interpretation, okay, or origin, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the word of God, guys, if we consider this, it changes people and it makes them different. Okay, the word of God. And these men were changed because of the word of God. And they spoke these things and I do believe, guys, it is so important for us um, to recognize that prophecy never came by the will of man. Never. Okay? I got the same Mormon guy that keeps trying to befriend me on Facebook. I don't know if you guys know this or not. I don't befriend people unless I actually know them. <laughs> okay? Um, and I, I know he would love to convert me. That's probably why he wants to be my friend. Um, but uh, they, they follow more teachings than just what the Bible has declared, okay? And in those extra teachings that Joseph Smith received not that long ago um, are very contrary to what we have as authentic scripture, okay? And it, it's hard because, again, prophecy never came by the will of man. Well, what can we know what's the will of man and the will of God? Well, the will of God is very clearly laid out, Okay? We have 66 books that are completely harmonized. They fit together perfectly. We don't have contradictions. When you slip in just this one other prophet, a false prophet, we have contradictions like crazy. Okay? And that's not a good thing. We can't will things into be. Sorry, Jesus didn't appear here in the Americas just a couple hundred years ago. It didn't happen, guys. 
You know that they're, anyways, we're not going to talk about the Mormons. Uh, the point is, guys, these men were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. So, I want to take another look at another scripture. <laughs> if the Word of God effectively works in us, one thing I do want us to catch, guys, we can't just memorize or mentally accept the Word of God, okay? Because that doesn't change anybody. You understand that? I know many who I've shared the gospel with. Like, I love uh, Awanas. Any of you guys ever do Awanas grow up or had your kids go through Awanas? Phenomenal, right? Good stuff. I've shared the gospel with people who don't believe, who grew up doing Awanas, and they had memorized so many scriptures, they knew the word of God. But it didn't change them. Guys, just memorizing and mentally accepting it doesn't change anyone. It's got to be mixed with faith, as Hebrews tells us. Okay? And as we read, and that's why I always encourage you guys, as you're studying the Word of God, pray it in. Pray over it. Okay? Don't just, oh, good to know, good to know. Lord, what, is, what does this mean for me? What, what are you asking? How does, how does this affect my Christian life, my walk with you? Okay? It, should be, it should be, you know, <laughs> touching our hearts and changing things. And this brings us to, whoops, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. Uh, let's take a look at verse 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine. Okay, so doctrine. Those are teachings. It's teaching us what is right, for reproof, for what is not right, for correction, how to get right, Okay, and again, how are we doing this? It's the word of God that's going to do it. Okay, so instructions in righteousness, and we're told, that's how we get to stay right, that the man of God may be completely, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when his word is effectively working in us, okay, it is a present, continuous sense. It's always going on. I can tell you guys, honestly, I have seen the Word of God work in my life more in the last 12 months than I have in my previous you know, couple decades of walking with Him. And I can't say that's always been the case. But it isn't sweet, Saint, when we're in that place where it is just new again. You're just in awe of His Word and how good He is and how right He is that all the other things that were begging for my attention <laughs> just kind of fell away. And it's like, this is it. It is so simple. And Satan wants to, we're going to talk about Satan in a second. He's a turkey. Anyways, <laughs> but I want to encourage you, okay, saints, if you had a season in life where you were hungering and studying and you were excited about getting up, okay, and opening the word of God and receiving from him, Okay, and something's changed. Okay, now you desire other things more than that. I would just challenge you: start praying about that. Ask God to reveal your heart. What what has changed? Okay, what is going on? What idols maybe have come into your life that now you're giving more of your heart to inappropriately? Okay, to come back to that. And why do we want to do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Check this out, guys. In uh, 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living, and it's powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and of marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. How many of you guys want discernment? Yeah, more so than ever. We're living in the last days. Well, where is that going to come from? It's going to come from the word of God. That's the truth that's going to set us free. And that's why we need to know it. But if we're going everywhere else for truth, <laughs> okay, we might miss the truth, what God has declared. I don't know about you guys, but I'm forgetful. Even the Apostle Peter, when he wrote his letter, I write this to you in the way of remembrance. How many of you guys have studied a book? You're like, oh, that was good. That was rad. I learned so much. And then you went back through it again. You're like, oh, boy. I miss so much. There is so much more here. I've actually had people tell me, well, I've already done that Bible study. I've studied through that book. I don't need to come to church. Let me know when you're doing something different. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's going on? Guys, we need the truth. We need the Word of God. So I think it's really cool when we consider this. When it says living here, the word zeo in the Greek and the word active, okay, is the word uh, energial, where we get our word energy from. So in our words here, it effectively works. It's living and it's active. It effectively works in us. Okay, and that's why it is so good to be in the Word of God. Now, you guys know that the Word is referred to in parables by Jesus as being seed. Have you guys ever thought about that? Okay. Um, seed, the word bears life and power within itself. <laughs> this is the seed. Okay. Well, this is going to help me. <laughs> this is going to produce something. That's what God says. Do you believe Him that this is what's going to do it? I do. Okay? I'm sold on this. I don't know if you guys know that or not, or if you're <laughs> getting what I'm laying down. I believe what God says about his word. And I believe what the church is called to do is to teach it, to preach it. That's what we're called to do. Why don't we see more churches doing it? Because let me tell you what, Satan loves to hang out and rip off seed. That's what he does. And if you see the word of God being ripped off anywhere, it's Satan at work. And I don't want us to ever think or be haughty or prideful and say, hey, we figured out Satan's schemes. No, we need to be aware because he is like that roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Okay, Warfare is real. He is trying to rip us off. And he wants to keep you from this. Okay, And until the day I die, the Lord comes to get us. I'm going to be telling you guys this over and over and over again. Well, isn't that going to get kind of boring? No, this is what we need, saints, more than anything. And let me tell you what, I would rather be in a Bible teaching church that has a horrible pastor, not horrible, how should I say it, a bad preacher <laughs> who's faithfully teaching the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept. Okay, maybe the worship stinks. Okay, maybe the kids' ministry is chaos. <laughs> but if they're being taught the word of God, I'm okay with that. You guys get that. I'd rather take a church preaching the word of God over some phenomenal programs and some rock and worship band every single day. So, 
uh, if you don't, I'm not going to tell you leave and find a church that does. I'm going to tell you to hang out for a while and taste and see just how good the Word of God is. There's just something about the Word. Um, it is life to us. Um, let's turn to Jeremiah. I told you guys I was hanging out in Jeremiah a bunch. Let's go to chapter 23 together. Jeremiah 23. I told a brother yesterday, his name is Jeremiah. Uh, he's been hanging out, rad brother in the Lord. can tell he really loves Jesus. He's like, I haven't really, stu like, really studied Jeremiah before. I'm like, bro, you gotta, like, your name's Jeremiah. Like, you gotta study, like, it is so good. And we know that he's the weeping prophet, but there is so much that Jeremiah lays down and such a burden he had for the word of God. I want to take a look with you guys. Um, or do I have a slide? I do have a slide for it. Praise the Lord. Um, let's take a look. We'll start in verse 27. Um, who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forgot my name for what? For Baal, for an idol. Okay, let's not forget Jesus, guys. Verse 28, and then the prophet who has a dream, let him tell the dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Is it not the wor or my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer, that breaks the rock in pieces. You guys, you know, as I read this, I see how we as human beings love to sensationalize things. Do you guys agree with me? We're very good at that, okay? Human beings, we're wired. We get anything to distract us, to get our minds off reality because Jesus is reality. His word is reality. These things, I don't know but God says his word, okay, everything that pertains to life and godliness, it's found right here. This was written 2,000 years ago, and this is the most relevant book I have found that speaks to my life today in 2020, okay? There's something very unique about the word of God. And we're told here that Jeremiah, the prophet, is speaking, hey, you guys, you want to forget God because of your idols you're gonna forsake his word and we should never ever do that and the reality is guys we want to do you know when we're going through stuff we want to just ignore anything because we don't want to deal with reality and i see that in 2020 more than any time people are so sick of all the stuff that we've been dealing with i just don't even want to deal with that reality i don't care what's right or wrong i just want to check out and i'll buy into anything right now that's what most people are doing. But if we do it, it's going to lead people to any heresy. And do we see that happening today, even within the church? Look how much heresy is out there today. We get caught up into so many things that have nothing to do with truth, with Jesus. We need to be careful of that. And I love in verse 28, Gain nourishment from the wheat of the word. How many of you guys like eating Wheaties? Right? 
They're, they're good, okay? I can't have wheat. I'm gluten-free now. Ugh, allergic to it. But anyways, the wheat's the good part, okay? There's nourishment there for people. But if you chew on the chaff, what are you going to get? Nothing, okay? I'd rather chew on the Word of God <laughs> and get nourishment than other things. And then he tells us, I love verse 29. It says his word's like fire, and it's like a hammer that breaks rock into pieces. So the hammer, what does that do? That's able to tear down or to build up, right? And it can break the hardness of a rock. Think about that. Because our hearts, man, heart of stone. But we come to Jesus and he what? He takes that heart of stone. And he's going to give us something new, Jeremiah 31, right? A heart that is soft, that is alive, that can be molded, <laughs> that can be spoken to. Okay? That's what God does for us. And then what does fire do? Well, it consumes waste. Okay? It purifies, doesn't it? Okay? Um, it purifies everything that it touches. That's what I love about fire, and that's what the Word of God does. But am I going to be purified if I'm not willing to come to God's Word? You have to go. You guys need to read this each and every day. Okay? I'd encourage you in the morning at night, <laughs> whenever you have a chance, okay? If you're daring like me, you can read it as stoplight. Whoop, what does it say? Okay, time to go again. They're honking at me. Anyways, <clears throat> so let's uh, go on. Uh, Jeremiah also, if you guys are note takers, uh, he spoke to the word of God, wood burning in his heart, uh, chapter 20, verse 9, and also the word was upon his lips in chapter 5, verse 14. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be like the prophet Jeremiah. Because okay? it doesn't matter what I think. What does God say? That's what matters. And uh, I want to share a quote with you guys by Warren Wearsby. Um, how many of you guys like Warren? If you guys are looking for good commentators on the Word of God, again, they don't replace the Word of God. They hopefully helps to help us better understand the Word of God. One of my favorite commentators is Warren Wearsby. Uh, enjoy him. He is solid, solid brother in the Lord. Um, he said this, no wonder false teachers are so popular. The sinful heart does not want to be burned and broken by fire in the hammer of the word. That's it, guys. People don't want to touch it. And you look at a lot of, anyways, we won't talk about that. I want to share story with you. A rabbi was asked a question by a pupil referring to Deuteronomy 6.6, which all you guys know in these words, which I command you this day, they shall be upon your heart. You guys know that scripture? Okay, well, the story goes on to say, why is it said this way, the pupil asked. The rabbi answered, or asked, why are, why are they told to place them or not, or place them in our heart instead. Well, the rabbi answered and answered and said, "Not within man's power to place a divine teaching directly in his heart. All that we can do is place them on the surface of our heart, so that when the heart breaks, they'll drop in." I like that. Some of you this morning may be thinking, "Well, what does it have to do?" I get this. That's why I'm here, Pastor. I like Freedom Fellowship because we go through the Word of God, okay? I, I get that. But what's being laid down this morning where God has us in His Word might be something that's just being laid upon your heart, and there might be something later today 
later this week, maybe a month from now, something comes your way, and that word, man, you're broken, and now it comes in, and it takes effect. This is a needed word. I remember one <clears throat> a time that I went through something really hard, okay? God just dropped his word. It wasn't a scripture I memorized, but I was going through it, and he just dropped word for word, okay, these scriptures into my heart. And I'm just like, wow, I never memorized that. I don't have my Bible open right now, but I was broken. And that word which I had studied, which I had read, which didn't impact me in the way I thought the word of God should have been impacting me because it's a cool scripture, it didn't become real until I was broken. How many of you guys have experienced that before? Why? That's because the Word of God is living and powerful. That's what we need. So, let's move on. could talk a lot more about the Word of God. Do you guys get the Word of God's important? We all get that? Praise the Lord. Let's move on to verse 14 back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to now look at the churches of God. We looked at His Word, now the churches. It tells us in verse 14, For you, brethren became imitators of the churches of God which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they do not please God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved. So... As always, to fill up the measure of our sins, but wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. So in verse 14, he's speaking here to the churches of God. So let's uh, make a distinction between the church and the churches in Scripture. Maybe we can use the terms as local church. In universal church. Do you guys have that understanding? Does that make sense? So when we talk about the church universal, this would be the body of Christ or the bride of Christ, right? It would be all believers. You guys know there's one church? Okay. Some of you guys might be visiting from some denominational background. That's great. But there isn't one right church. The one right church is everyone who is born again. Everybody that's a believer in Jesus Christ, they are the church, the one true church. I don't care what denominational background you're in. Do you know Jesus? If you do, you're a part of his church. Um, so Christ told us in Ephesians 5.25, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So when we talk about the local church then, we mean individual churches that meet whether in houses or buildings small or large right okay we look at churches we're here in kakana why are we in kakana god had us move here why because i think there was a need for a good bible church there wasn't one in kakana there's a lot in appleton i've been praying a lot for greenville i'd love to see one on that end of the alley but the reality is there's a lot of different churches and I actually pray, I don't know if you guys pray for this, but I'd love to see more churches around. Wouldn't you guys think that would be cool if these bars started closing up and instead of, you know, serving alcohol, they start serving the Word of God. You know, that would be rad. So, we have a lot of different churches. Uh, Michael Horton said this, Anywhere the Word is preached and the sacraments are administered 
It is also a place where God preaches people into heaven. I love that. So it doesn't matter how big the church is. It doesn't matter where it's located. It's the word of God being preached. That's what matters. So you realize, guys, it's the church by the things that God's doing. It's not by a building. It's not by the programs or the ministers or the staff that they might have. A church is defined by what is God doing. You guys have heard of dead churches before. And you ask the question, well, what is God doing? Even in Bible teaching churches, well, they teach the Word of God. That's good. <laughs> That's needed. Like I saw my brother and sister here, you know, we do the pantry on Wednesdays because we want to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. If we just go to hear, we're missing the point. God has actually asked us to do the Word of God. So the question is, what is He doing? Are we maturing? Are we growing? Is there godly character? that's coming forth as a result in our lives do we see the fruit is there more love for one another do we see that unity in the body of christ or is there more division going on well i do believe if we're earnestly seeking the lord and taking his word serious god is going to be at work but if we're just playing church and going through the motions okay i can do my part i can prepare have my heart right and that's the biggest thing you know, I struggle with that every week. I'm a fleshy dude. <laughs> and my biggest concern is that my heart is prepared and ready to preach the word of God. Because let me tell you what, if it's not working in us, how is it going to work in the people that we're sharing with? Because they're going to see the difference. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. The point is, guys, we've got to look at what God's doing. Not the multitude of what man is doing. But what is God doing? And I hope you guys sense the Spirit of God moving in our small fellowship. Okay? And it's not about the stuff we're doing. I can rattle off all the things we're doing, but the doing is a result of God working in hearts and changing people's lives. Okay? So we can understand the purpose of the church in terms of ministry to God or ministry to believers or ministry to the world. So God, worship, okay, worship is not a prep before something else, okay? I know some people, well, hey, worship time at the beginning of service is to prepare our hearts for the word of God. I'm going to skip that because I just want the meat. I'm just coming for the good stuff. If you have that type of thinking, you need to repent. It is wrong. If you're new here, we do worship at the end of service sometimes because something happens when we're in the word of God. It stirs our heart. We begin to worship. That's what his word does. And then we get to sing praises. How awesome, huh? Um, so Ephesians 5.19 calls us to sing and make melody to the Lord in our hearts. And then believers, okay? If the ministry of the church is just to believers, to nurture, to build up, to equip the saints, okay? That's a biblical mandate. That's what the church should be given to. Paul tells us that he, his desire is to present every man mature in Christ. Okay? That's our desire here. We want to be growing and maturing. Okay? Um, my kids are getting bigger. Uriah, hi, buddy. Okay? I would think it's a little weird if my son, who's now 12, was still wearing diapers. 
Wouldn't you guys be like, yo, what's up, pastor? <laughs> you know, your son should be <laughs> a little farther. And that's the same way with us. We're all in a different place or spot in our walk, but we should all be growing. And I would love for our fellowship, even if you've been in the Lord for decades, that you haven't plateaued, that you don't think like, hey, I've arrived. There's no more growing. It's just where I'm at. This is who I am. No, we should always be growing in Christ to the day we die. Amen? Okay, so let's stir each other up no matter where we're at in the Lord. We need that. We need to provoke, encourage, pray uh, for one another in that way. Also, when we consider then ministry to the world, okay, that's evangelism, isn't it? It's going and sharing Jesus with others. We're called to go and make disciples of all nations. That's our mission. In mercy, okay, towards the poor, towards the ethnic or religious minorities and injustices that we see in the world, even if they don't respond to the gospel, doesn't God still call us to do those things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? It's been a blessing. We get to serve hundreds of families. We've been doing it for over a decade in Appleton. What a blessing. My prayer with the pantry ministry is, Lord, let people come to know you. You know? I mean, there's the concerns. Are we going to have enough help or enough food? Guess what? God takes care of all of that, <laughs> you know? But there's no guarantee just because we're doing that ministry that anyone's going to turn their heart to Jesus. But hopefully, as we give them a cold of, or a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, that their hearts are being softened, that their eyes are beginning to see that there is a God that loves them, that cares for them, that Jesus died for them. And that's our prayer for you guys who've come to help serve at the pantry as we pray together to start off our nights. Every time we're praying and thanking God for the guests that he died for. That's what it's about, guys. Whether or not they receive it, that's on them. You guys know that? All we do is do the word of God. Hopefully in that, have opportunities to evangelize. I want you guys to listen carefully because how we adorn the gospel is very important. Okay? So I see some people adorning the gospel. I would want nothing to do with that. (laughs) Okay, not good. Jesus tells us in Luke 6, verse 35 and 36, love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. So if we lean on any just one of these parts of what we're called to as the church, we're going to have many problems. For example, if we worship God only, we're going to remain shallow and it's all going to be experiential hope. Okay? You see, with inadequate Bible teaching, we're going to remain immature in our Christian living. If we neglect evangelism, the church is going to cease to grow. If we nurture saints only, Okay, no much, but they're dry spiritually. (laughs) 
That's not good either. So again, with inadequate Bible teaching, we'd be immature in our Christian lives. So evangelism must show mercy, okay? But if that's only the thing that we are given to, there's going to be immaturity, okay? How many of you guys know an evangelist? A few of you guys. Don't they just beat one drum? You know, I'm not even going to come to church because there's people out there dying going to hell. You know, they need to get saved. I'm going to be out on the street preaching. You know? um, but the balance of all three is important. And why? Why? Well, each is a command, and therefore it must be important to God. So this is the mission of the church regarding the message of the church. You see, when we as Christians share our faith, the gospel, okay, we do not merely give our particular viewpoint on life as one among endless varieties of human theories, we announce the divinely revealed truth of God, a word from God. So if we remember, guys, the word seeds being sown, okay, powerful and potential in the heart of people. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to get as much seed out as possible. Okay, if you've been hanging with us for a while, you know that we're not about a church growth program. Okay, you don't get cute little cards from me if you visit. We didn't even take your information when you came today. We're just praying if God wants you here, He's going to have you here. Okay, that you're seeking Him and you know that hey, this needs to be my church home. I need to plug in and start being a part of what God's doing here. I hope that's the case. But there are a lot of church growth programs out there. This is how you can grow your church. Well, I see in the Word of God that it's the Word going forth. It's the Scriptures that make you wise unto salvation. It's the preaching of the Gospel. And that's something that we're called to be given to, guys. We need to get out as much of the Word as possible. That's why I love that we're recording online. Do you guys know that the Gospel's gone forth from Little Freedom Fellowship to 94 different countries? Just because we have video and we're putting it online, different platforms. I think that's pretty darn cool. But I don't know about you guys. I want the word of God to even go out further. Now, I don't know what type of soil that seed's going to fall upon. Do you guys know what type of soil that's going to fall upon? I don't know either. But my mentality is, hey, let's just get as much seed out as possible. Would you guys agree with me? Let's get the word of God out there. Because I'm amazed. Here I live in a Christian nation. For you guys who share Jesus Christ with other people, you're going to totally be like, yeah, I'm tracking I get you, Pastor. Because I, too, I'm sharing the gospel with people, people who've grown up in this country, right here in the valley, a lot of good people, over 200 churches, and they have never heard the gospel before. How does that happen? How can I preach to a woman that's 80-something who's been in a Catholic church her entire life, lay down the gospel, and she's like, I have never known this. How does that happen? We just need to get the seed out. <laughs> what they choose to do with it. At least they've heard. And we need to do that. Not just here in our own backyard. And that's why I would encourage. I mean, there's so much that we can share with people. I see you guys sharing stuff on Facebook. Great. Let's share the Word of God. That's what people need. They need to hear the Gospel. They need to hear the truth. That's what's going to set them free. 
Well, people don't really pay attention to that. We don't know who's listening. I love, you guys follow my stuff on Facebook, okay? You know that I like sharing stuff about Jesus. But every once in a while, I just throw something out fun. I'm all for a good laugh, okay? And it's so cool because friends that I have on Facebook that aren't Christian, who will not comment on anything, I even wonder, like, do they ever even see any of these gospel verses that I've shared? Well, they see this thing. So guess what? They're hearing about Jesus too. And I want to encourage you guys, let your light shine. We can love people, <laughs> but if we don't speak the truth to them, we're just loving them into hell. They need to hear the gospel. So let's get the seed out. We need to finish this up, but one more thought on getting seed out. Part of our sin problem in the sin of man in general, okay, has God called any of us just to love our nation? We're the only nation to love, the one that you live in. And it's not just Americans. Globally speaking, we've become very nationalistic. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's all about us. God, he's global. Would you guys agree? God so loved the world, okay? How can we get the word of God out to all people? To the people who never even heard the name of Jesus. I believe that God is giving bigger vision to the church today than ever before. This has stirred me in such a way this last week. I feel just like the way we do ministry, not that it's been bad or wrong, we need to kind of get on the same page with God. And if he's global, we need to be global. Well, how does that look? I think it's taking the word of God seriously. <laughs> Receiving and allowing it to effectively work in our lives. Do we hear it? Do we receive it into our hearts? What missionaries are sitting here this morning that God's going to call? And which one of us here are going to help send? Which one of us are maybe going to look at the budget and start making some sacrifices because, hey, I want to support this brother who's trying to translate the word of God into this Indian language so these people here who've never even heard of Jesus will get the word of God in their own language. I mean, it can look a lot of different ways, can it? But I think we need to get our eyes just off ourselves, just as Americans, and really love our neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor, you ask? Read the Bible, guys. Get the heart of God. Grow in your character as his kid. Care about the things he cares about. Okay, this is going to rub some of you guys the wrong way, but some of us are caring way, about, way too much about things that God does not care about. How do I know that? Because I read the word of God. What has he called us to? What has he given us to? That's what I want to be about. I hope you guys want to do the same thing because we are his kids. We are on mission with him. So, I don't even know where I was. Verse 14, huh? Every generation and every century. <laughs> oh, man. We've seen that. We did, did we read this already? The churches? We did. Okay. Did it talk about them being persecuted? Yeah. Verse 15. Okay. We've talked at length about persecution as a church family over the last couple of years. Why? Because we need to be ready. 
Do you guys know that persecution could be coming really quick? You've been hearing me say this for 15 years of Freedom Fellowship. Okay? I enjoy jail ministry. And I've told you guys, if the Lord tarries, there's a good chance I'm going to have a permanent jail ministry. Okay? And things are swinging. Like, honestly, give it another decade or two. Preaching the word of God, which we're talking about, is pretty important for the church. That might land me in prison one day. I'm ready for that. I'm not going to change the way I preach because somebody feels this way or has opinions this way. If you hung out with us for any amount of time, you know what I'm preaching today is the same thing I was preaching 10 years ago. We stick to the Word of God. And no matter what it says, God is right. We're messed up. (laughs) And we have to be in a place of saying, okay, Lord, you know, we're going to honor you. We're going to do what you say. So it's nothing new. Believers since the beginning have been tortured and killed. You think about the believers in the early church. I mean, they were human torches, weren't they? Prophets thrown in logs, sawn in half, right? Left to shrink and die in the sun. I mean, they just went through it. And don't think it a strange thing when it happens to you, believer. Actually, if it's not happening to you, think it's a strange thing because if you're living godly, you shall suffer persecution. If you're not being persecuted for your faith you're not living for jesus bottom line so um it's kind of like a missionary who went to a primitive tribe after explaining the gospel of heaven and of hell on a chart the message so disturbed the tribe people not wanting it to be true they went and they destroyed the chart and they thought just because they destroyed it all is well it's okay no it's not okay guys It doesn't change a thing. You see, there's three reasons the gospel arouses such violent opposition. Okay? They say, well, the gospel, that's pretty narrow-minded. You Christian, you are so narrow-minded. You're saying that what you believe, that's the only way to heaven? Really, that's Jesus is it? There's no other, all the other good people in the world, they're gonna end up in hell because they don't believe as you believe? Yeah, it's not because of, you know, what I think. It's because of what God says. And Jesus is God. And he says he's the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Okay? That's not vague. That's very straightforward. Very exact. Yep, it might be like you guys saying, well, hey, my smartphone here is telling me that I need to dial a certain, you know, number in a certain arrangement to reach where i want it to go isn't that kind of narrow-minded siri (laughs) right no okay if you want to reach a certain destination (laughs) you better have the right numbers in line that's not narrow thinking at all so there's only one way to be reconciled to god and that is jesus christ guys so the gospel brings sin to the surface okay some of us don't like that because as the gospel, as the word is preached, the ugliness comes out and you're just like, oh boy, I don't want to see that sin issue. I don't want to deal with that. But I'm thankful. Okay? I take serious the exhortation that the Apostle John took or said at the end of his letter. Keep yourself from idols. Because I know how quickly my heart can allow idols. And she's like, whoa, how did you come into being? How, how have I started to give so much attention to you? Okay, where did that come from? And that's what I love about the Word of God because doesn't the Word expose those things? 
shine light on those things? Absolutely. So the gospel also brings sin to the surface. So our human pride immediately, you know, wants to draw out a sword. Okay, we just want to do away with it. I just don't even want to hear that anymore. Okay, I had a brother early on when we started Freedom Fellowship. The Lord started Freedom Fellowship, but the early days, he wanted to be an elder here. And he ended up leaving. And he said, the reason we're leaving is you're too real for us. And I'm like, bro, you know I love you. I haven't changed much, okay? <laughs> I, I just teach in the word of God. And he'd been in church his entire life and wanted to be a leader in the church. But he didn't want to continue to hang with us because it was too real. So, we don't like evil. We want to cover it up. We like to hide our sin, don't we? But the word of God will expose. And I'm thankful for that. So we run like Adam and Eve trying to cover our shame with fig leaves of our excuses. We're a stubborn people. In the gospel, this is one thing that people can't stand. It forgives blatant sinners. How many of you guys are glad of that? But do you guys know people that don't like that? I do. Okay? So those who richly deserve hell and death. Okay, you remember those Pharisees? The legalistic dudes? They were offended when Jesus was receiving prostitutes, adulterers, and sinners. How dare you? But that's our God. And aren't you glad, blatant sinner, that he does? I sure am. So, let's wrap this up. Look at verse 17. Some of you guys are like, whoa, you're preaching a while. Um, for you guys who are newer, sermons are normally over an hour. You can just kind of count on that. Well, isn't a half an hour a little more palatable? Isn't this too much? Because the church I go to, they, you know, beautiful little topical studies, 20 minutes, and that's, that's good. I don't even feel like things are going until we're 20 minutes in. Okay, it's one of those things, guys, I would love to sit here all day and reason with you guys in the scriptures. There's nothing better than the word of God. So, let's wrap this up. The hopes and joys and crowns of our God. Verse 17, but we brethren, having been taken away, from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy so we have already had opposition from the state in verse 2 of this chapter from society in verse 14 and now opposition is coming from satan himself in verse 18 for you guys who don't think satan's real read the bible okay um, i want us to remember two things opposition is permitted by god how many of you guys have read job before okay god allows that also, opposition is a method of his for training us to overcome trouble and to rise above it. And don't think it a strange thing when you go through it, guys. Count it joy. It's hard to do, but we should. And I've been seeing that. Okay, the longer I live in this world, there's more and more opposition, even within the church at times. And God's asking, hey, <laughs> look to me. 
Okay? I'm above all this stuff. Don't wallow in the mud. <laughs> Knock it off. Okay? Come here. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And I want you guys to catch this little word hindered. In the Greek, it literally means to cut in. Okay? It was used by, you know, by breaking up road to make it impassable. It was also used in Scripture later as a military sense of making a breakthrough in an enemy's line. It was also used in athletics for cutting in on someone during a race. And that's what Satan wants to do to you, Saint. He wants to hinder you. Spiritual warfare is a very real thing. So it's Satan's job to throw obstacles in our way, and it's our job to hurdle them. How many of you guys like running hurdles? I don't, okay? I thought the track people were goofy growing up. I was playing football. What are you doing? You know? Those hurdles, I, tr- I fell on my face. I tried that one time. I don't want to try that again. That's horrible. But that's what Satan does. And whether you like it or not, Satan, you need to learn how to do the hurdles. Okay? Because Satan's not going to stop. Um, obstacles are the things a person sees when they take their eyes off the goal. Our eyes are on Jesus, guys. We keep going. So since the first moment when goodness came into conflict with evil, it's never stopped. Satan hinders us. How? In a lot of ways. You guys ever start to pray and your phone rings? Or your dog that never plays with the toy bone you got it starts chewing on the bone? (laughs) How about when you first got saved? And even still today, especially when... um, Desires to hinder our completeness or our personal character. And then we also need to remember, guys, we are, the, we are on the Lord's side. We're going to be doing the Lord's work. And in God's strength, we shall win. There's going to be victory, triumph over our adversary. You guys can jot down Romans 16.20. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. I'm going to post, I got about 30 verses I wanted to go through with you guys on spiritual warfare. We're not going to do that. I'm going to post it on our Facebook page for you guys later today. But I'm asking you guys, please take the time to read through them. They will minister to your heart in a big way. Don't be naive of Satan and his tactics. Warfare is real. And if you're on with the Lord, and that's what I really pray for us as Freedom Fellowship, that we are about his business, the attacks are going to come. Okay? I've seen in the last six months a lot more marital issues in our fellowship than I've ever seen before. Why? Because Satan's working overtime right now. And you've heard me say this before. Oh, not you guys. (laughs) Enjoy the honeymoon. (laughs) Just wait a few weeks. (laughs) Anyways, let's wrap up. Verse 19. um, It says, What is our hope, joy, crown? Is it you in the presence of our Lord at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Okay, so this crown, Stephanos, it's a victor's crown. It's awarded, it's a prize. Um, There's a few crowns that are mentioned in Scripture. We have the crown of life in James 1.12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who, who love him. Temptation's going to come, guys. Do you know that? But we should overcome temptation. How do we do that? We keep our eyes on Jesus. That's what we do. Can I tempt you with a piece of cake? Temptations look good. 
They can taste good. But sometimes you just need to say no, okay? <laughs> say no. Second crown we see, guys, um, is the incorruptible crown in 1 Corinthians 9, 25. And everyone who competes for a prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So it's a general description here of the rewards promised to those who stand at the beam of seat of Christ one day. Okay? There are things. And where you, what, what treasure are you storing up, guys? Are they eternal? Or are you working really hard on temporal? Okay? Man, let's set as much lumber as we can. Okay? Another crown we see, which is the one here. Okay? The crown of rejoicing. The fourth crown that we find is the crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy 4.8. Okay, this is a award for a character of award or corresponds to the character of, of a giver. It says, finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all those who love his appearing. Are you looking for Jesus to come? I hope so. And then the fifth one we see in the New Testament is a crown of glory. And it says, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. It's speaking to elders, serving as overseers, not with compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away so what is your hope your joy your crown it's your disciples in the presence of the lord guys jesus christ is coming and they are our glory and our joy who are you discipling so father we thank you thank you for your word we thank you You've called us to be a part of your mission, going into this world and making disciples. Well, that can be our children, that can be neighbors, co-workers, it can be someone that we've met online that we're sharing truth with. and uh, Just wanting to get your word out, as much seed as possible, Father. God, and I know it's not going to be passionately preaching this truth that'll make it happen. It's going to be us yielded to your Holy Spirit. Not grieving you, but really walking with you in agreement, following you closely as you call us to go and be fishers of men. Lord, we know the time is short. I pray that there would be encouragement here this morning that we're doing what's right and what's needed. God, if there's things that we've missed the mark, you'd be revealing that also. God, that we could get back on track looking to you. I pray that you'd show us ways as a church family that we can love each other and serve each other in those ways. God, and we do pray. We know that there's a lot of turmoil. God, a lot of division even within our country. Yes, for healing, Father. God, that we'd be quick to repent as a people and look to you. 
to put our trust in you, Father. We thank you that you are patient and gracious. Thank you that you are the Savior of this world that desires none to perish. God, thank you for these, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for the privilege of being able to teach your word here this morning. I don't take that for granted. And we thank you just for how it works in our lives. God, and we would pray that you'd even stir up, even if we're in a really good season of just enjoying you and studying the scriptures, that no matter where we're at, that there would be more of a hunger than we've ever had before um, going on. So please, do that work within us. Amen?